as I said earlier, because, you know, it's not as simple as building an app or, or building a marketplace or something like that. Uh, most of these um, uh, these companies, these innovations tend to be products with an actual physical reality or, you know, working with very closely with, with government, with regulators and so on. I think these three, four things, talent moving in, late stage allocators sending signals, early stage um, allocators uh, pumping in more risk capital, uh, the the case for industrial decarbonization becoming stronger. Um, I think, and, and of course, the enabling policy frameworks that are that are getting into place. I, I also feel like state level, like state level policies, uh, and states have a have a great opportunity here. As an Indian, when I when I look at what India was ten years ago and what it is today. Uh, I think several pieces of the puzzle have already fallen uh, together, right? You've had you've had decent, uh, so at a macro level, you've had decent political stability for the last um, two terms of the current government. You trace that back to the reforms in '91, right? So uh, we've had decent political stability uh, for so long, which is so important, which we we overlook. You just have to look at countries at war, Ukraine, for example. And how can you talk about any entrepreneurship without political stability, social stability? So, Akhilesh and Nalan, welcome to the Clayapanor Show. Today, basically, we are actually discussing this great report that has been, you know, co-authored through Climate Trends and Climate Dots titled Climate Finance for Startups in India. Key challenges, opportunities and recommendations to foster a vibrant climate tech environment in the country. And, you know, like the combination that we today have with both of you, actually, I think it's pretty interesting to discuss the report because uh, Nalan has been in the climate tech and the clean energy industry for the past decade. And is also the founding partner of the Climate Seeds Fund, which is a venture fund set up to create a curated index of investments in early stage climate tech startups in South Asia. And Akhilesh, you really are the founder of Climate uh, Dot, a think and act research organization committed to accelerate the energy transition and adoption of sustainable technology. So Akhilesh, I really want to start with you and like really want to start with that. Why did you write this report actually? And why did you put the kind of hard work and the effort to write this report? Why the report is relevant today? Because there's a need uh, in the market. Simple yeah. one-line answer, right? Um, we've, we've been in this space for co- quite some time. And uh, in general, startups in India have really taken off over the last 10 years or so. But uh, climate uh, entrepreneurs in particular find it far more challenging challenging compared to an IT, you know, making an app or e-commerce or something like that. So we really, uh, you know, Nalin is in the space, I'm in the space. So we really saw the need uh, and we thought that this is the right time to, to write the report. And Nalin, what do you think that, why do you think from your angle that the report today is super important and it's something that we should like really consume? I mean, of course, the, all such reports are very useful. This is very timely in, um, um, and, 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 and really focuses on key uh, actionable insights yep. that perhaps both policymakers, entrepreneurs, investors can, can take. So, um, uh, we, as, I, as we were discussing a little bit earlier, I think climate change is not going to wait for anyone. We need urgent solutions. Yes. So, we need many more uh, people to come into the space, much more research. Uh, and what Akhilesh and his team have done uh, is is a, a good first step along that along that pathway. Definitely. So Akhilesh, like what uh, like what have been some of your key findings from the report? Yeah, I think uh, if you go through the report, uh, you know you'll you'll know that um, finance for uh, especially early stage finance for climate entrepreneurs 
um, is challenging in India. Uh, financing for entrepreneurs in general is challenging uh, globally, but more so in India. But uh, for uh, those entrepreneurs trying to solve climate change, climate-specific topics, it's um, even more acute. Mainly, um, as I said earlier, because you know it's not as simple as building an app or or building a marketplace or something like that. Uh, most of these um, uh, these companies. These innovations tend to be products with an actual physical reality, or you know, working with very closely with with government, with regulators, and so on. So it's a completely different uh, ball game, right? And so there is an there is indeed an, uh, a problem which uh, which we need to address. I think that's a key highlight. Uh, then, of course, there are several other um, uh, several other um, recommendations, several other findings which we can, of course, go through. Um, during the course of this uh, of this interview great and for our listeners and viewers like i'm uh, i'll be attaching the link to the report in the description so you guys can refer the report there so uh, nalan coming to you i really want to understand uh, from you first that what do you think is the role of climate startups in the indian economy and why does it make uh, it so much relevant to look at the climate startups and this ki- entire ecosystem today sure sure i mean that's a great question and uh, there's so many things one needs to do and so many stakeholders need to come together, but startups have an outsized role to play, and that's our belief. So it's two things that really uh, bring this to light, right? So there's research done by the International Energy um, Agency, um, I think a year or two ago, which showed that about 75% of the technologies that are needed to get us to net zero between 2050 and 2070, yeah. uh, 75%, three quarters of those are still in early stages, so they're not commercial. They're either in prototype phase or, or, or even design phase, etc. Right? Um, all of those need to be um, uh, built into viable, commercial, deployable products at scale. Right? What we know from from experience, um, modern society's experience over the last 150 years through the industrial revolution, is that um, innovators. And increasingly, what we define as startups, they have um, a great ability to take invention, oftentimes lab scale, right, and innovate, make them into products that are usable and deployable at scale, right? Innovators and startups have the best ability to do this. Of course, corporates do that. Uh, sometimes researchers do that, but no one does it as well as um, what we call today startups, right? And that's the role. Knowing that 75% of what is needed is still in the development phase, knowing that the best kind of uh, category of, of, of people who can do this are innovators, that match needs to happen quickly. And there is the reason why we need to support climate startups. And what role do you think that climate finance plays in that transition or in that support? And do you also think that climate finance is today one of the biggest opportunities of our times? Um, so, so climate finance obviously is a broad term, and finance is across various uh, stages, right? So that's the first recognition: is that we need early stage risk capital, we need mid stage growth capital, and then of course more commercial public market capital and and and, and the more deepening of the bond markets, right? So it's across, right? And then there's the origin of capital, right? Do we need more cross border capital, international climate finance? What what we know as international climate finance. Um, technology transfer is also part of that, uh, often uh, linked to each other. 
Um, but let's here focus on startups and let's here focus on early stage finance, right? Um, so risk capital, uh, of course, is by the way, it's quite, it's relatively new as far as things go. It's probably a few decades old, uh, especially venture capital. Um, so we need definitely much more risk capital to come into the space, right? So we've, we've kind of defined why it's necessary to support innovators and startups. Uh, and what supports the growth is clearly uh, this kind of risk capital, right? Um, now, within early stage also, there's 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 the really early stage pre-series A, and then you have series A and beyond, right? Now, what we've seen is pre-series A capital is largely domestic, right? Uh, because the risks are more. Uh, the, a lot depends on the team. A lot depends on the understanding of the market and timing, right? And domestic investors are generally better placed to take bets at the pre-series A stage. Series A and beyond, capital gets much more mobile across borders, right? So you've seen more global funds that are series A and beyond, and certainly series B, series C, you know, but the earlier stage funds are largely domestic. So we need more domestic capital to come in at the earlier uh, and, 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 and get more capital into the, uh, the earlier stages. Uh, we need global capital to, to kind of come and support series A and beyond. And then of course we need, as, as, as we mentioned earlier, growth capital, whether it's private equity, public markets or, or, or bond markets, etc. Akhilesh, what would you say on that? Like, what role do you think that, you know, financing plays at various stages of climate startups? I agree with Nalin. Um, extremely critical. There's no doubt about it, right? Um, and um, one, just as an addition, I think one must remember that the entire startup culture in India is relatively new. So it's it's something that we, we're seeing over the last 10, 15 years. Nalin, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's a cultural shift in people's aspirations, right? Uh, especially younger people today um, don't see the uh, get a job, get a secure job, uh, you know, especially the, the, the up, upward mobile classes. They're really looking for um, new, challenging, meaningful work uh, and certainly ways to get rich uh, very quickly. So there's a lot of aspirations. You just go to any, uh, you know, uh, master's, and a technical college and you talk to a lot of the students, most of them are sort of working on some startup uh, or the other. I think that cultural shift um, generally comes first. And then, of course, the ecosystems are now significantly developing around around these cultural uh, factors. So I think going ahead, we'll see much more of this. And also, you know, like this is one part I was talking to you, Akhilesh, earlier about this as well, that in the report, I really found that, you know, actually, you actually mentioned that the total climate tech investment in 2021 was estimated to be around USD 20 billion US dollars, sorry. However, the funding has largely been limited to two sectors that was renewable and EV. And you also mentioned that, you know, like the, however, this is changing. So I want to really understand from you that, Yes, we need funding in Renewable. Yes, we need funding in EV. But what do you mean when you say, yes, it's changing? And what are the other sectors you feel right now are not in the spotlight and should be in the spotlight? A great question, right? So um, because we're addressing the, uh, the climate, we, we're address, addressing specifically the problem of climate change. Yep. Uh, look at where our um, emissions, India's emissions hmm. come from. Um, majority of it, over 75% is from uh, energy, the energy sector. So great innovations in, in the energy sector are needed. Of course, the low-hanging fruits have been um, have been the electricity production sector, which is moving 
electricity away from uh, from coal and gas coal predominantly in india for renewables great thing is uh, renewables as a technology have matured significantly since the early 2000s right uh, india has built all its capacity today what you see uh, 100 odd gigawatts of capacity uh, in the last 10 years that's that is significant so the the power sector the, the transition of the power sector is something that's happening happened uh, and it's 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 very mature uh, but other sectors where emission is significant um the waste sector one that comes to the top of my mind is extremely unorganized uh, and requires tremendous efforts not much in my view has been done to organize the waste sector that's one example evs is of course a, a recent phenomena right the last 3 or 4 years and we'll see tremendous innovations tremendous amount of um, entrepreneurs trying to solve evs is already happening today if you go to any Uh, incubator accelerator program there's some ev company trying to do something on charging swapping building a new two wheeler yeah. or doing some service so a lot of innovation happening even in the ev sector uh, but there are several other sectors agriculture is one of those uh, is a white elephant mm. not much has has happened in the agricultural sector to decarbonize it uh, but you also have agrotech startups coming in so yes. i i see this as we are on the uh, on the threshold of something wonderful going to happen in hopefully in the next few years in the next decade or so and as nalin said we need it it needs to happen much faster uh, and i think that's why we're here that's that's why we're trying to put our minds together uh, to to come up with some interesting solutions so nalin as you know akhilesh mentioned that it needs to happen faster i want to really understand from you how do you think it can happen faster and what are the changes that you feel should be done for example today if we have like one climate fund should we like really demarcate it okay that 10% 10% goes to this or like how do we actually make those statistics and how do we actually you know like for example delegate these funds to different causes under the climate sector only right right i think there's a few questions in that in that single question you asked but uh, in terms of okay so i i i i think like akilesh i think all of us believe in the power of the markets right of the free markets they have a uh, they have an organizing power that is beyond any central um, planning ability right um let me talk about a few trends that we already see that are happening right um and these are signals for example Uh, that are being sent across the across the um, uh, value chain right so around when the covid pandemic hit uh, of course there was a lot of disruption in capital flows etc um, but increasingly what we found there was a reallocation of of capital right so a lot more capital started flowing into climate because it turned out i mean not as much as we would like but still um, we saw greater flows right yep. uh late stage capital allocators blackhawk temasek all these guys uh, blackrock temasek all these guys started um making esg a default putting more capitals committing to tcfd and other kinds of disclosure um uh, um uh, standards etc right so late stage capital allocators sent signals up this up upstream right so we uh, slowly had more which i say slowly but in fact quite rapidly had more Uh, early stage capital providers also, um, uh, uh, you know, getting into the fray. We see capital or, or venture capital funding started increasing in this space, right? Um, now, people, this is again anecdotal, so I don't have evidence like data-based or empirical evidence for this. But a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs that we support came to us, and when we asked them what motivated them, 
a lot of them had introspective during the pandemic and what they found was they wanted to focus on something that uh, uh, had more meaning yes. in their lives they wanted to align their values with what they were doing at mm. at, at work right uh, a lot of them got into climate a lot of them got into education health and many other useful things you know i mean everything is useful but what uh, what i mean is what was useful for them you know yeah. and certainly for the world at large so a lot of good entrepreneurial talent a lot of good job seekers got into the space and we are seeing more of that right what so we are seeing data for that this part we are we are seeing data uh, what i meant anecdotal was the earlier bit you know the the reasons for doing this um uh so nothing kind of moves the needle in any sector as much as good talent coming in you know you you, you have to recognize that it's all, it's often a chicken and egg situation so investors are waiting for right talent to come in talent is wants to be in the sector where there's funding available not just early stage but all kinds of um, you know early late stage funding so um these two things happened in concert and are still continuing to happen we need more so entrepreneurial talent moving in investors backing entrepreneurial talent uh, policies also coming into place at last count i forget we've done this research but there's there's a fair few policies in india that are of course we know the energy kind of clean energy yeah. capacity augmentation policies and the open access policies uh, but increasingly of course we're seeing mobility mm. uh, policies and we're seeing carbon sink policies increasingly we'll see carbon capture mm. uh, uh, coming in you know so uh, policies will also lead to greater uh, opportunity right the i think the the the, the final key thing is that uh, what has happened so today two thirds of the world's population lives in regions where the cheapest form of energy generation is renewable see the wind or solar typically right um so this is a shift that is relatively recent right um but extending from this because energy forms such a critical part of any cost structure of a of an industry uh, today the business case for decarbonization uh is very strong right and to have a decarbonized supply chain there's no doubt it 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 really affects positively your bottom line uh it also uh, kind of makes you a much better brand for consumers to to kind of associate with right uh, and and thereby you know the 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 <clears throat> sorry the public markets as well so uh, i think these three four things talent moving in late stage allocators sending signals early stage um allocators Uh, pumping in more risk capital uh, the the case for industrial decarbonization becoming stronger um i think and, and of course the enabling policy frameworks that are that are getting into place i i also feel like state level like state level policies uh, and states have a have a great opportunity here to be leaders you know it's not just the central level policies um i mean of course if you look at hdi indicators and and per capita levels across states there's a wide variation I mean some states do extremely well and those are the states uh, which have a great opportunity even the other states actually this is a great growth opportunity for every state uh, in India so i think these four five things are the trends that we see uh, that need to accelerate the last thing is there's a lot of good research there's actually two things there's a lot of good research that is perhaps locked up today i don't mean locked up in a bad way it's just it's just not been commercialized across many think tanks and academia right so there needs to be commercialization pathways for this kind of uh, research um and finally is is something that perhaps we all recognize is that there's a large section of india's population that is underrepresented 
in the workforce which is women right and there's a great opportunity in our climate or 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 a clean economy transition to to kind of address that uh, skewness or imbalance and 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 get more women entrepreneurs to be part of this so i think these four five six things are probably where we you know we feel we can focus best I on i strongly agree on that and to you know to just to back up like give it back to your point all the points that you mentioned i have examples for that you know the research thing you mentioned i recently connected with someone who's actually said the same thing that we need some funds at the research level that helps these maybe students maybe researchers to actually take this from a stage of research to commercialization then women right. thing you know uh switch mobility uh to mahesh babu from switch mobility actually mentioned that a women bus driver told that after driving the electric bus she was able to save some amount of money and with that money she was able to actually educate her child and apart from that right. there are today services like blue smart and delhi government has partnered with them and they are also training you know women drivers for that and you know the last thing i would here mention is that even anshuman mentioned the same thing that today you know in the coming few years we all will be working in the climate economy we agree it or not doesn't matter we are in the bank sector does not matter where we are today so while lalin you know like i also want to understand this thing today from you that you know we agree that okay there are funds we agree that we need great talent coming in but how do we actually shorten the distance from talent and funds like you know okay these are the funds available but the talent coming in sometimes they're just so much in the technology they do not know what are the you know ecosystems available or what are the funds available to support them so is there a way we can actually shorten that gap so probably nalan can start and akhilesh you can add on to that um sorry the question is, is shorten which shorten the, actually the distance because you know one thing i have been hearing like i often get a lot of these calls from entrepreneurs ki hey shweta can you connect me with a probable investor can you connect me so and you know like everyone right. just comes and says the literally the same thing that we are looking for funds yeah, we are yeah, looking yeah. for investors but like i yeah. sometimes feel surprised that because i am on the on the both ends i am in with connect sure. with investors and on the other hand with entrepreneurs so sure. is there a way we can shorten that distance akhilesh if you have yeah, some yeah. points probably you can also start with sure akhilesh yeah sure, akhilesh go forward so, i think um one thing we need to un- understand is um, innovation can't be planned uh, that's that's one of the it's it's very organic um you know it can come from any quarters mm-hmm. need not it's not necessarily that the breakthrough in- inventions come from established players or the best research universities history has taught us this if you the classic example is the uh, is the aeroplane right the right brothers came up with it they were the least likely to invent this mm-hmm. it's actually an open competition uh, and somebody from the smithsonian museum i forget uh, but a, an aviation engineer with billions of millions of dollars pumped in by the us government was supposed to win that and make a flyable uh, uh, thing but it didn't it came from two amateurs building a uh, you know a prototype in their in their garage so uh, this is ca- this is characteristic of innovation it can come from any quarters it's messy it did not come from the most funded um, or, or the most competent people right now um, this has always been the classic uh, problem uh, how do you scale innovation how do you in your words how do you Uh, how do you uh, you bridge the gap bridge the gap uh, right uh, and it's it's there's no mathematical you can't say if you you do this 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 and then okay that those causal relations don't work but what we can do is uh, build the necessary environment that can mm. 
that can um, uh, engender that can uh, that can nurture such possibilities uh, and on the bedrock as as alin said is uh, is uh, is good higher education good higher technical education with a focus on uh, skill based learning skill based learning. very important if you see if you look at the classical um you know california y combinator kind of thing a, a lot of this has been built on the bedrock of of good universities so i think uh, great uh, an investment in that uh, really helps one but then it's just not that you need the necessary environment for people to come in um you know in india has is the benefit of a very youthful population and significant number of them going into a technical education so i think that really helps uh vis-a-vis other countries um then of course you you need the investors uh who are willing to take the risks who come from uh, and and mentors in the network of mentors who come from from this uh, background right now i see most investors in this space typically tend to be hnis who, who you know made it rich in real estate and something else they don't really understand the dna of uh, of of entrepreneurship typically climate entrepreneurship i think that has to change if you see many more successful entrepreneurs going nandan is nandanil can is a great example somebody who's done it who's been there so their perspectives of funding um, you know um, uh, startups yeah. with with a greater risk profile their understanding of this is is better and, and you see that happening in bangalore for example yeah. so the first generation of entrepreneurs in bangalore the infosys and all the other it companies today these guys are actually investing they're very good angel networks is very good uh, vc uh, domestic vc uh, for these and that's really encouraging and i think those ecosystems uh, need to be built can the government do it or is it organic i think a bit of both yeah um and we can discuss this i don't want to make this too long but th- these are some initial thoughts nalin what would you add to that um yeah so i mean uh i i guess um if if funding is the key thing that's stopping growth then this question of course um uh, has has greater meaning right often times uh, a lot of startups that we will see in the space uh, will be perhaps not the unicorn types but what we call zebras like solid cash flow businesses that are that are perhaps national or regional right and many of them they, we were speaking to one startup yesterday that is completely bootstrapped hardware by the way yeah hardware in the government space completely bootstrapped so it's possible you know it's not that it's not possible um uh, if 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 climate if, if climate capital or climate tech capital is what's stopping uh, further growth uh, of course we need um, easier ways for startups and investors to engage right um, i mean many people are trying to solve this problem right there are increasingly lots of essentially matching marketplaces some are using uh, you know uh, you know matching ai ml to match um what we find of course useful is to um is to increase the frequency of engagements right uh, what what it does is 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 uh, rather than doing let's say a pitch day every 6 uh, months or, or you know once in a year or something a big one uh, we rather focus on smaller pitch days but more frequently you know so you can see uh, many more startups uh, you can see the vibrancy in the space and again i'm i'm only focusing where i have some insights which is early stage right i'm sure there's many things in the late stage the late stage that can be done so uh, more frequent engagement perhaps smaller engagements more informal engagements as well right because uh, 
education and awareness is both sides right investors yes. it's it's especially in deep tech climate tech there's a lot of you know actual tech and domain expertise um, required right so uh, also something that we want to explore is having kind of informal round tables almost like amas where sure i mean you can ask the vc as an entrepreneur questions but in fact the vc can also ask questions like i'm interested in understanding uh, what does the uh, electrochemical storage technology pathway look like across abc right across of course lithium let's say or across sodium and across redox and all of that right um and uh, you know um in entrepreneurs in come in uh, have a hour chat it's it's literally an informal setting right and that kind of uh, engagement is probably uh, you know it's 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 uh, less forbidding it's it's you know you you you're there to learn both sides are there to learn you know and then you get to know each other better again early stages a lot depends on founding teams uh, a lot depends on the dynamic and relationship between the investor and the teams um, so all these things help uh, so of course we need um, many things like this uh, on the more kind of the 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 almost like the modalities of this um, i think what we are seeing is is just uh, the, the the increasing use of convertible notes uh there's a new uh yeah the convertible notes which kind of makes it easier to uh, actually close deals you're not getting into valuation at too early stages uh the more standardized contracts so again i don't want to get too much into this that's almost like a technicality but it really it really helps in kind of closing deals faster you know so the first aspect is how do you match better the second aspect is how do you close uh, better so you know nalan like what you actually mentioned uh, like it really stuck chords with me and this is something that we are also trying to solve because like i came across the same challenges like my experience has been talking to people who have been working on ground so like you know uh, i think that's definitely important and also akhilesh coming back to the thing that you were talking about education more skill based learning i think in the report also you mentioned that that the growth and success of these startups actually goes beyond finance climate finance so let's like really touch upon the points that how can non financial systems or how can non financial institutions or what are say some of the non financial things that we need to do as an ecosystem to support these startups sure uh, I, as i said i think uh, education plays a vital role yeah uh, especially since most entrepreneurs tend to be younger hmm. um, their their ability to take personal risks early on is significantly larger than maybe when they have families kids and so on so i think uh, the the entire university model uh, has to change uh, mm-hmm. in in fact it is already significantly and i mentioned that we need to move towards a skill based learning as yep. opposed to a very uh, older perhaps what we were educated in uh, textbook based uh, you know the textbook and lab based uh, but i think uh, we, we at least i'm seeing a lot of universities um not just too many more projects but also uh, do problem solving so they get credits for a very specific problem that students have to solve a problem that's very relevant in the industry for example right so there's a there's much more enmeshing uh, between uh, industry and academics and i think that has to deepen uh, you can't have academics built on a monistic model of the uh, 1500s where the oxford and Uh, cambridges were walled off you know and people went to study that's gone so i think that's that's the bedrock at, at least the way i see it it's very very important the, f- the first 
the second thing which I, I also mentioned uh, a little earlier is uh, net, network of mentors. Mm -hmm. uh, and you need uh, mentors, especially the, the, the younger you know, people, they, they really need access to good quality mentors, yes. um, not just on the technical topics that they're trying to solve. That's certainly needed. But also on on what I'd like to what I'd like to say is emotional intelligence. How do you how do you work with teams? Very often I've seen you know two or three founders coming together, building a great product. They have a great idea. They have the passion individually, but somehow they just don't gel together as uh, as a team and they break up, and then the the idea is gone there. So I think that cohesiveness and ability to look at the larger picture than small term immediate gains in terms of okay how much do I get funded. When can I sell the company, become a millionaire, and then I'm fine. That attitude, I think, you know, I, I see it very, very much so in younger people. Mindset, so, you would say. Yeah. Building that uh, mindset. Very much. And so that, um, it's it's not easy work building a company, right? It takes a lot of dedication, a lot of effort. And so that kind of an intelligence, emotional intelligence, especially be between founders is extremely important. So I don't know if you can have trainings on this. Uh, it's... Uh, Maybe somebody better position can answer it. But how do we start really uh, bringing this into, uh, you know, into accelerators, incubators and so on? That, that so, you know, we have, we, we do this actually, like quite early on, like when we started, like probably when I entered the space, I had no role models to look at. Like everywhere I was just reading about, okay, someone has created something, but no one actually talked about how they built what they have built. And, you know, the mindset you're talking about. So we do it through conversations. Like, for example, how two founders came together, how they stood together with each other when nothing seemed to work, when the company was breaking down or what mindset helped them do that. So we do through that to the power of story. Even your, in your case, I think, Akhilesh and Nalan, you two have had an incredible journey. And I don't think that journey has been easy for either of you. For example, Akhilesh, you. Writing the report, it's not like a one-day task. It takes efforts. It takes that inner inspiration to write that. And Alan, similarly for you. So, you know, I would just like to like take this conversation in a slightly different angle. And I would like to understand from both of you that what has been your personal motivation to be in this space, to actually, you know, like face every challenge that comes your ways and do not give up. So, Nalan, like, let's start with you for this. Uh, okay. Um... I mean, for me, actually, I've been in this space, uh, in the clean tech space, actually, for the last more than 15 years. I knew uh, very early on, actually, right, in my third year of university, that uh, I wanted to essentially marry my, my, my interest in engineering. So I'm an engineer by choice, not by design. In fact, <laughs> I, 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 I've always enjoyed working with machines uh, since I was young. I used to break everything apart, yep. you know. Uh, when I was young and put them back together, thankfully also. Um, so I wanted to marry that interest with development. So I got interested in sustainable development. I secured in my uh, last year or my penultimate year perhaps of university a small grant from the UN to essentially do rural electrification through solar. Mm -hmm. That became a multi-year project, you know. Uh, then, uh, you know, we published a paper uh, in 2007 on uh, using essentially offshore electricity, offshore wind electricity to to to, to uh, produce hydrogen for India's transport sector. Of course, there was there was no hydrogen economy to speak of then, um, but increasingly we're seeing much more of that now. So, my interest has been has been uh, you know in this space for a long time, um, and I believe that's critical 
because yes. you know akhilesh alluded to this uh, a little while ago that this is any any not just climate anything is 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 a struggle in many ways you know mm. because you have to you have to stick with it for a while that's mm. the main thing you know uh, and increasingly as i get older i i realize that one of the key skills one needs to have is is long term commitment to to something you know uh, and perhaps it's a recognition um, mm. of something that people tend to do but it's just something you recognize as you get older um but the, if you're not interested in something you will not be committed to it for the long term that's very clear right um so interest in this uh, and not uh, being opportunistic is fine but yeah. you have to have real interest in this because this yes. presents sometimes greater challenges than other sectors you know gestation periods along the sales cycles are mm-hmm. longer all of those things you know development times are longer uh, all of those things which is which is you know uh, something that people have to um, get used to um so, so having said that i mean just to complete so uh you know we we were entrepreneurs before we came into I mean, we are still entrepreneurs but we were entrepreneurs in the clean energy space before this mm-hmm. we built body 84 megawatts of wind and solar between 2010 and 2015 the same team same founding team um pratap promote uh, myself mm-hmm. and zoe has become a fourth partner with us now on the innovation side we moved from the clean energy side to the broader climate innovation mm-hmm. side you know so uh the commitment has been there for a while and uh I enjoy it. It's fine. The struggle will always be there in anything, but I just want to enjoy it. One follow-up question before we move to Akilesh. While you were doing hydrogen, you know, I think that during that point of time, you were a bit ahead of time. You know, like people were not talking about these things. Like you know, these things have right. only come into the picture right now. Correct. So how did you stick to it? Like with people around you calling you crazy, ki why you doing this? No one is talking about it. There are other things that people are talking about right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you people always call you crazy I really don't like uh, <laughs> uh like 3 years ago I produced a okay, co-produced a feature film that is not part of my you know it's not part of my trading not part of my and that film is doing well you know it's gone to Rotterdam it's gone to several other festivals wow. but I think it's uh, it's uh, it's something that is just part and parcel of of being yes. an entrepreneur and you have to do things differently I have to at this point credit my parents who are you know, very forward looking and and very kind of liberal minded folks yes. you know so there was no clean energy economy to speak of when when i went to study yeah. clean energy or sustainable energy <laughs> but things worked out i came back I, i you know a year later india introduced the solar policy and and uh, you know things fell into place um timing is important but you cannot do anything about timing yeah it's not in your control you know so there has to be the ability to see opportunity and take that opportunity and 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 stick to that you know and and create opportunity also it's it's not just something will happen but um, end of the day you're you're creating you're creating skills as an individual and this is all even for young people who are now in the yes. the growth phase um, and every everyone's in the growth phase by the way but you're creating skills you're compounding skills as you go along um you're compounding your ability to gather more knowledge and and use that knowledge better um if a particular sector doesn't work out you'll find another sector to apply your knowledge but in fact this is the right decade for someone who has been climatic right it just yes. happens to be we are we are we are in the right time um the last 10 years were okay but this is this decade is going to be much better for anyone yeah. who wants to be in the sector and wants to grow their skills in the sector 
Well said, Nalin, and thank you for taking all those steps of courage that you take. Coming straight away to Akhilesh. Akhilesh, I'm seeing that you have been thinking for a while now. So, like, tell me that what has your journey and what have been your challenges in doing what you're doing today? Was it, like, very easy, like, you know, cakewalk kind of thing? You want to do something, you just created something. Over there, challenges. And Nalin said he was an engineer by, uh, by did you say choice? By or choice. By choice. For me, it was the opposite. <laughs> Not by design, for yeah. me, for me, it was it was the only thing that was available in my uh, social milieu. That's what people did. They either became doctors or they became engineers. And uh, being born, raised in Bangalore, uh, and graduating from engineering, you know, in the early two thousands, uh, in the in the sort of the peak of the IT boom. I mean, we were getting like three, four offers right out of college. Yeah. Uh, so that that is just what people did. But um, I think so. And I did join a, a large engineering uh, company and I, I did software for three years. But then I, I it was just not me. And uh, <laughs> I think that's when I decided I can either do this. And I, I saw people who were like group managers who had spent 20 years in the same organization. And uh, I looked at them and I, I asked myself, honestly, is that what I want to be in 20 years? And the answer was clearly no. I mean, they were just functional, but I don't know if they were alive from, you know, inside. And and I didn't want to be that. So I think I, I took a very drastic uh, uh, step and I actually got off um, uh, IT engineering, core engineering, uh, and did something that I was really, really passionate about since I was a child, which is environment. Um, I just loved the environment. I love the natural world, uh, animals, plants, trees, ecosystems. Uh, and I had a deep understanding just because of what I used to read of how humans impacted um, the ecosystem. And so um, I obviously wanted to build on my uh, engineering. So that's when I, I decided to go to university again, reskill myself in a completely different environmental science mm -hmm. and engineering. Uh, and and I, that was really the sort of the breakup, the, the divergent uh, point of divergence for me. Uh, and so it was a choice, but the choice, which was sort of um, based on inner compulsions, which we don't control our inner natures, that's who we are. So I guess uh, your question with regards to challenge, I think everybody faces challenge, me, Nalin, or we're no, we're no different. I mean, every, every human being faces challenge, but the challenge, you know, sort of dims in its intensity when you love what you do, yes. because the, the love for what you do overpowers uh, the challenges and the challenges just become one hurdle for you to grow through curiosity and interest uh, in something that that you really love so I think that connecting to that part is what keeps me personally going uh, and I, I love I love what I do so uh, I don't really see the challenges then and you know how beautiful that feeling is that living with that feeling every day what you're doing so my last question to you both of you would be that in the clean tech space, actually, are there any models like, for example, say international models that personally inspire you and you feel that there are some learnings that we can like take from them? Or like, what are your like thoughts on this? Because Akhilesh, you have seen like both like the Indian system and now being there also, you've seen both the systems from depth also and similar for Nalin. So Akhilesh, like, let's start with you, actually. I, I don't 
know if it's better or worse i mean it's we're talking about two completely different countries mm. different socio political historical yep. uh, com- so it's it's very different i i think it would be mm. unfair to make that comparison, comparison uh, yeah but um, i think the just i mean for the for example the us where i'm r- right now it's just far more developed the the mm. startup ecosystem um is is far more developed but um as an indian when i when i look at what india was 10 years ago and what it is today uh, i think several pieces of the puzzle have already fallen uh, together right you've had you've had decent uh, so at a macro level you've had decent political stability for the last um two terms of the current government but also the previous government mm. uh, you had very forward looking policies in fact it can you trace that back to the reforms in 91 right so uh, we've had decent political stability uh, for so long which is so important which we we overlook you just have to look at countries at war ukraine for example and how can you talk about any entrepreneurship without political stability social stability so i think that's very important um uh, and we have it that's really good but over the last few years i think the government particularly and we say this in the report uh, has done a good job of Uh, putting in the policies especially startup india yeah. i think that has gone a long way in uh, you know if not turning startups to unicorns but at least creating that ecosystem which ecosystem. i mentioned yeah and and creating a consciousness within um, young entrepreneurs just university graduates final year and so on uh, to consider getting into startup mm. as a viable career option which was not when i was when i graduated in the early 2000s that in itself is a great great achievement the the results of this we may not see in the next 1 2 3 years but this you know there tends to be a lag and we'll we'll see the the fruits of these these right decisions uh, in the next uh, decade uh, or so and i i'm pretty hopeful uh, i yes. I'm, i'm i'm an optimist in that sense <laughs> very correctly said nalan what are your thoughts uh I mean, I, I I would echo uh, uh, what Akhilesh has already said. I think he's taken a pretty comprehensive uh, look at this. Um, okay, there are many, and mm-hmm. we can take inspiration from many. But I think we need to design something that's uh, very much adapted for India, right? Okay, I'll tell you yeah. why why I say that, right? So the EU has a relatively successful climate tech um, model, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's also driven by uh, uh, a top-down approach. Mm-hmm. The state can allocate a lot of resources, right? Um, in India, perhaps we have different constraints. The state, the state has many competing priorities, right? Of course, climate is one of them. But perhaps um, it, the, the level of allocation cannot be because our welfare needs are much mm-hmm. higher. For example, right? Uh, uh, so. what what is needed here is is a new model that's as scalable but as scalable at low cost that is essentially um private sector supplementing um uh, uh, state capacity as well yeah. right and perhaps even driving things that uh, you know uh, and essentially working together versus it being a largely top down approach so here's here's where we feel an ecosystem approach an integrated ecosystem approach is going to be useful right uh, now an ecosystem approach again can be driven by the government mm. singapore does a good job of this right you have enterprise singapore you have uh, edb you have uh, the the university and tun and us universities ecosystem that do a great job of uh, developing 
um, and maybe research and development and commercializing deep tech uh, into into products right now of course singapore has many advantages and, and it's not a good analogy for us right now having said that i i i am going to constantly contradict myself because there's always two sides of the same you know two sides of a coin now what singapore we often uh, you know say that we can't emulate what singapore has done sure but indian states and cities are their own political entities and they have massive powers themselves yeah. right so there's potential for um, there's potential for um, you know for for states to take a lead here as i was initially um, saying as well um, but the ecosystem approach is important for private sector and the public sector to work together for um, for there not be a need for top down approach mm-hmm. right um, california is also interesting of course we know right um, the west coast has has taken a lead especially in clean energy and increasingly in in, uh, in climate tech uh, the key reason for that is uh, a lot of research money and publicly driven research yeah. money was funneled there um, the space program led to a lot of innovation that then was commercialized by innovators and and and, and made into companies you know semiconductor research also in the early days um, uh, right so um you had again the state pumping in money uh, to fund research um that was also a top down approach in india we might take a different approach right it'll be much more of a collaborative approach yeah. state and private sector working together yeah, yeah. so we need to take what we can from there which is a focus on research which is a focus on supporting innovators the way we do that may be quite um, different right so we take we take cues from the 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 high level things and the implementation could be our own thing well said nalin and thank you to both of you for being here and yes the report is good yes like the things that we need and we are working towards it but on the other hand i would just like to like to both of you as well like thank you for taking steps of courage and doing what you're doing because the steps that you took maybe 10 or 20 years ago from today are really helping us strengthen the indian climate entrepreneurial ecosystem because the expertise the experience the learnings you bring to the table and today the way you are strengthening the entire ecosystem it's amazingly amazing so thank you for doing what you do and i genuinely mean it like nalin and akhilesh thank you so much and thank you for being with us here today it's a pleasure and thank you for doing this it's very important um to keep this communication going in yeah. the community for sure thank you thank you shweta thank you very much